Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. But the older you get, I think the more, it's, it's like the more admirable it is to like see someone just dive into a passion, you know? Like when someone really feels something, you can like see it in them and it, you can see how happy they are and that's infectious. And so what makes you happy ultimately makes other people happy and they may not understand it at first, but um, be someone that's like a teacher, you know, that could allow someone else to grow. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy it's Tuesday. Me. It's Olivia. We have a lot of new listeners to the show, which is so great and so exciting. And it would really help us out if you guys could just take what? 30 seconds, if that. If that. Subscribe, rate, and review. If like you don't while have you're time, listening, you could do this. Yeah. Um, if you don't have time to like write little notes about like how beautiful and funny we are, like we totally understand. Mm-hmm. But just hit the five stars. That's great. Helps um, us if, out. And if you don't feel like we're five star worthy, message us. Tell us what we can work on. Yes. What is your input? Why would you not listen to us? And it just really helps us out as far as like charts and getting really amazing guests on the show. So if you could all, if you are new and you haven't done that yet, if you could just literally take 30 seconds, it would mean the world to us. And uh, that's all. So let's get into the show. Okay. Welcome to the Song Pepper Podcast. My name is Olivia and I'm a content creator, a, a brand builder. Oh, an entrepreneur. I almost forgot. That's the most important part of my intro and my most recent business is velvet and fur which is a polymer clay earring business and my current obsession is Lacroix, like all the time like every day and it will always be my current obsession aka sponsor us Lacroix, if you're listening <laughs> and across from me is so lisa safe. brosser hi guys i need Ew. a new intro <laughs> your voice I just listened to or I just watched the Paris Hilton documentary so I'm in wait did you really yeah it was really good wait did you listen to the lady gang yes episode I want that's what got me into it because they said it was free now so that's that's was I was gonna actually pay for it that day I was gonna watch it and pay for it and it was good though it was really good because I really want to watch it. It was wow. It uh, yeah, it was really good. She's nothing no as spoilers. she seems. I'm no, assuming. No, she's a genius. Yeah, you can't be that rich and without honest, being a well, genius. I mean, like simple lifetimes. I I did think that she was like ditzy and airheaded, and but she made herself out to be like that. So. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A persona, that, that's what she know? wanted to do. Um. But yeah, now after watching the documentary specifically, well, hold on. She has so many businesses. You can't be an idiot with all of these businesses. Well, I didn't know that her her perfume alone has made like $2 billion. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was like in her intro what? from Kelty. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't think it's like distributed right to her, but overall oh, no, no. her well, Paris her, Hilton her perfume. Her life goal is to make a billion dollars. I'm sure she will yeah i'm sure she's, she's close she's made let me look i'm money, gonna look I'm up sure. her net worth stall am i not supposed to talk no I oh stall and, oh, and you get okay. so quiet and i'm like, if I'm I'm like not okay that's to. like the opposite okay hi wow i'm lisa i'm also a creative i'm a mom i'm a wife and my current obsession is 
other than Paris Hilton, actually. Um, Glossier. I just got a ton of their yeah. products for the first time. I've used my friend's products, and that's what got me into them. I got their lotion, best scent ever. I think it's their perfume scent, if I'm oh. not mistaken. And one of their their perfume is like one of the best scents out there. Oh, really? Her, yeah. I really want to get it now, but I guess a lot of people have it. The Glossier? Perfume. Perfume? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I got their Skywash in Palm. It's their matte eye mm. thing, which I've been wearing every day. And I think it makes my eyes pop. And it's so subtle. I, I really like it. And I've also been putting it like a little under my eyes. Really like that. And I also got... So many Oh, lip balm. I've been wanting to get a lip balm that's like tinted. For the days I don't want to wear lipstick. Uh-huh. I know I wear lipstick like every day when I get ready, but a tinted lip balm would be nice. There, so I tried my friends, um, and it's like a rosy one. Oh, yeah. And it looks beautiful. But I can't it's do really member pinks. We've discovered Yeah, they this. have like berry ones. I need like a mauve, like what I wear. Oh, I don't know if they have that. Because, I didn't even tell you this, after our discussion about warm and cool, mm-hmm. I got, wait, did I tell you this about my concealer? Yes. Never mind. I got it. And You're it's neutral. Way better. Um, I'm warm. Well, this concealer is warm, but oh, I think okay. I am neutral uh-huh. because they were saying people who are warm don't look good in black, and I think I look the best in black. But the neutral um, or the warm concealer from Bare Minerals matched with the Maybelline BB cream. It's never been so. Whoa. I mean, what well, you, you you tell me because that's, that's awesome. what I've been wearing. Oh, it looks great. Yeah, and I like it a lot. So. Anyway, <laughs> enough about us. us. How much money does Paris make? She okay. So her perfume line made three billion dollars. Whoa, okay. she's worth three hundred million. But still, that's an obscene amount of money. Yeah, like that's insane. Like if you think of it in relation to one billion, it doesn't seem close because it's not. But when you think of it compared to like a thousand dollars. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah, she was making ten million a year for a while. Whoa! So think about in that way, and then think about how much three hundred million is. Whoa, that's weird. That helps me. You're holding your boobs, and I'm not looking. It's because I got a new bra for the first time in (gasps) like five years. Wow! I don't get, and I actually saw somebody's story the other day, and they were like, "Why do we not buy bras when we wear them every day?" And I saw one and it was so like, true. it's called Lively and I really, uh-huh. really I've like it. I've been wanting to try and, Yeah, that. there was a deal. I got like three of them. I was like, I need new bras. I've had the same ones for years and they're really comfortable. That's why I was feeling my boob because it was comfortable. Wow. Yeah. Now that my boobs have shrunk a little bit, I'm just wearing like a normal bra. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have any like support or anything. So oh. I mean, my boobs could be higher, but I'm wearing a boy shirt. So no one can tell mm-hmm. that they're to mm-hmm. my belly button. So that's okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> it's so my silver lining. Do oh, yeah. you want to start? Let's um, get to our silver lining of the week. No, you can start. Okay. My period. I started my period again and it sucks. Um, after bear, I only had my period for like five months because I got pregnant and I nursed for only and you don't like get seven your months. period when you're nursing no i don't get my period when i nurse like, no, like every <sighs> person no oh just my, you yeah I, i'm i was just gonna say certain people that i know who do <laughs> well do. Brittany and amanda and <laughs> <laughs> the most common names ever yeah. um 
yeah, I a lot of people that I know get their periods when they're nursing, but I don't. And that's great. Even when I'm barely nursing, even mm-hmm. when I was barely nursing Bear and Mav, I didn't get my period. So I was trying to hold on to it as long as I could. Oh, my milk went out and I'm like, great. Now I'm going to start my period. I'm so selfish. So my period sucks. It's not selfish. Either I was telling Olivia this, either I'm pushing something out of my vagina or I'm putting something in it to keep from having a baby. So I'm just going to be putting things up my vagina for a few years every so single sorry, month Kendall, if you're listening. so sorry Kendall. the title of this, this podcast I'm is so Kendall sorry. Long putting things up my vagina <laughs> that's what it's gonna be called and taxidermy Put, and taxidermy that would probably be a good clickbait that actually. is good clickbait um interesting 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 yeah oh but the flip side is I'm not pregnant and I thought I was for a little bit I know I was laughing at her because she was like bloated and didn't feel good and she was like I must be pregnant I was like you're the only person I know that wouldn't just think oh I'm probably getting my period because I'm a girl period in so long yeah that's so trippy how different our lives are very different (laughs) like two babies back to back I lose I can't keep a plant alive so I mean me neither luckily my children are that's that is lucky. You're right. <laughs> That's all the lucky. I have need. no surviving cactuses, cacti. Cacti. But Kids are I resilient. Have, I have children. They are resilient. <laughs> yep. Cacti are not. They are not. I watered mine too much. I drowned it. Me slowly. too. I just wanted to give it life. It's not my it's true. fault. No. But then I realized I don't like succulents I and I don't more. like plants. So yeah. But so you know what's, that. What's your silver lining? Um, my silver lining is. I actually don't know if I have one. I don't know what happened this week. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, My silver lining, I guess, is probably my silver lining is that I am just working like a ton and things, I guess, are happening like little by little. So it's not happening at the the speed you want it to. Well, yeah, I mean... I've been doing this for seven years. We've been doing the podcast for a year. Velvet and Fur, we honestly just started, so I'm not putting pressure on that. But yeah, I mean, little things are happening. Like we're making sales. Like we've had amazing guests on the show. And I'm trying to take small victories. Um, But I would say 2021, I would really like to see things starting to happen or I need to change things up. Why are you laughing? (laughs) What? I'm I'm I, I'm thinking I went on the biggest tangent in my brain because I started thinking of your blog and then I was thinking about your picture of losing your marbles that you just posted yeah. the other day and yeah. last night yeah. I had some insomnia and I woke up in the middle <laughs> of the night and I was thinking of that photo and I was thinking of a really funny comment that I was going to leave on your photo do you want to hear it? Oh my gosh, that's like such a long backstory. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so it was you know the tiktok comment (laughs) lisa lives her life day by day in tiktok like world you know the tiktok comment where it's the eyes and the mouth i you okay you do understand every face has an eyes and a mouth right no but it's if you watch tiktok you know what i'm talking about i do watch tiktok what do you mean the comment what comment it's it's the comment that everyone leaves and it's it's a really common comment comment where it's like you know the eye emoji the mouth emoji and the eye emoji 
Yes, it looks like a fish. Yes. So the two separate eyes and the lips. And yes. Got it. Yes. Okay, I was going to do that one. And it's it was going to be one eye, the lips, and then it was going to be a ton of spaces, and then an eye. <laughs> And, and I was going to say, and I was going to say your face and then, and then put, I'm so sorry for everybody listening <laughs> to this podcast. Um, okay. Yeah. That's an I'm, interesting I'm still going to do it so everyone can see, see it, it and okay. everyone should go like it. It's because I'm doing a September photo challenge of cliche phrases and one of them was losing my marbles. So. It looks like my face is falling apart in marbles to give context. So now Lisa is going to go make a comment. She's very proud of it for some reason. She like kind of seems like a little kid right now. Like she just (laughs) said a joke and she thinks it's really funny and no one else does. Um, Anyway. okay. well, that's a good response to my really pathetic existence. Anyway. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no. I, I think that you've been doing so well lately and... Um, just forcing <laughs> this out. Of, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think that what shows that is just the fact that we got two really cool interviews this week, and it, yeah. And after our last interview, and after having this interview, it like really gets me so excited to keep going and to keep doing things. So. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. That's for, your silver lining. Thank you so much for finishing that off after your. <laughs> whole thing yeah I'm um really sorry. okay so on today's show if anyone literally is still is, listening who i hope knows, so i love this episode um if uh well okay i already said that okay one second let me uh okay today on the show we have kendall long you guys might know her from she, bachelor so she was on re season of the bachelor honestly i don't know what season it is because we're on season 817 but it was like three years ago and then she was on bachelor in paradise um she was known for her relationship with grocery store joe um they are just friends now and we get into a lot of relationship stuff on the show coming off of the bachelor what that was like and we talk a lot about taxidermy which was so fun so fun um and she honestly is like just like a little like bubble of light yeah such a joy to talk to right when we got on she was just so full of energy and yeah. i was like oh my gosh okay i love this like a I gentle love energy yes she is a butterfly she's a, she's a taxi- honey badger taxidermy butterfly taxidermy butterfly butterfly <laughs> Yeah, so she's really great, and we had really fun talking to her. Um, so yeah, we hope you guys enjoy this episode um, as much as much as we did doing yep, it, doing it. Okay, well, let's get into the show. We're sitting here with Kendall Long, and we're so excited, and Pistachio, and we are so excited to have you. Um, for those uh, who are listening that don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are? So for those who don't know me, um, Kendall Long, I was on Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, um, RE season way back. Um, and I'm the crazy taxidermy girl. I mean, I think that's kind of how people know me or, you know, I dated grocery store Joe. It's kind of, uh, you know, my, my thing with Bachelor. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's who you are. <laughs> no, that's awesome. From TV, that's, that's how you know me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't want to talk about The Bachelor very much because I know you're way more than that. But so I just need to know, how was it being on Ari's season? Lisa doesn't watch The Bachelor, so she doesn't know what's going on. I don't really on. understand The Bachelorverse, <laughs> but I, I've i seen... Okay, actually, crazy thing. 
She just told me that you were on Ari season, and that's one of the few seasons that I watched the last few episodes. So I must have seen you. Oh I, yeah, I was third. I was like one of the, the final three. I guess is how you'd say it. Um, so maybe you could have seen my fantasy suite. I think. I think I remember you and. I mainly remember your outfits, honestly, and your hair. And so that's how I remember you the most. Honestly, all my outfits that on The Bachelor, I borrowed from my friends. Because they don't give you a wardrobe budget or anything. So all of the clothes are my friends. Hey, you have great friends. I <laughs> wouldn't mind meeting them. <laughs> I know. I always think of those like tiny little details with The Bachelor. And I'm like, do they get clothing? Do they get money? Like, how do you guys get all of those like dresses and everything? You just have to figure it out. <laughs> You bring them yeah. and then you will switch with some of the girls that are there because you develop friendships. So I switched some dresses with um, girls, other girls that were on the show. And literally I just, I did like a whole group text and with all my girlfriends and I was like, all right guys, I'm actually going to be on this show thing. And I have no fancy dresses. Like give me all your dresses you wore to weddings or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't take prom dresses. <laughs> so, so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, So you're on the show then you get off the show and what is the process like because I mean obviously it's just kind of like a broad question and it's a question get, that gets asked all the time but it's like when you go on tv and then you come off and you have this huge following and everybody's asking you questions and it's about something personal like your love life they're asking you how you are so for you how did you handle that transition going from bachelor to just like an everyday life not very well at first um I think the experience itself is overwhelming and it's hard for to, for other people to kind of relate to what it is um and it was nothing that i thought it was going to be and then after the show um i i had no idea that people would even know who i was or care who i was so i was just completely shocked um by that and i yeah there are a lot of days that i was I would cry from like mean people on the internet saying things or um but then after a while you start to think you know what the people that i only care about who's like the only opinions i care about are people who like actually know me um and then you develop stronger relationships with people that you're close with and that you already trust and so um it, it's difficult i think a lot of people suffer like psychologically after a show like that because you're kind of thrust into everybody else's opinion um, and I think that's, it's a lot to take in at first. Yeah. 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 I can imagine getting off the show and then just feeling like there's so much expectation on you and you don't know if you're like, am I going to be like an influencer? Am I going to start a podcast? Am I going to do like all of these different things? And I, I feel like that'd be really overwhelming. Did you, did you expect that you would like gain such a following afterwards? Oh no, not at all. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know Bachelor Nation was a thing. I didn't know that influencing was a thing, or at least I didn't think it was a thing with anyone that was on reality TV. Um, so I was just very naive to that. And um, I mean, it was like an awesome thing. Like it's given me so many opportunities and I've loved what it's, what it's given me. But at the same time, it was also like really overwhelming to like, you have like a platform where you see every, like people can, anyone can talk to you. Anyone can tell you anything. Um, so it, like, it was like a double-edged sword. I mean, like I, I liked it and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could say that you were there for the right reasons. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I didn't go there thinking I was going to get engaged and married. Like that's not. I, I I never thought that was going to happen. I thought there's so many girls. This is like sounds like a really cool thing to do. Um, I was honest the entire time about like what I what I wanted, and you know, it was. 
I ended up really caring for Ari. Um, and then later on for Paradise, I obviously loved Joe. Um, we mm -hmm. were in a relationship for, you know, a year and a half. So that was definitely something that I felt was real. But um, yeah, I definitely didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like the main thing I hear from people that were on the show is when they get off, it's like, it was like they were in a bubble. So for you, did you feel like all of your feelings for Ari were like real and sincere? Or do you feel like a lot of it is like you are in like the super tight bubble? Or was it when you got off, you had to like get over a heartbreak and like a breakup and everything? It's not like, a, it's not a traditional way you would start a relationship. I think you have so much time and you're also separate from all your friends and family. So you don't have the normal input you would have when going through a relationship. So I felt like I genuinely had feelings for Ari, but you know, I, I mean, I told him that I wasn't ready for any sort of engagement anytime soon. And that's not what I wanted out of um, the relationship. And I also didn't said I wouldn't move, you know? Um, so I didn't really know what would have happened if we ended up together, but I also feel like we were like really good friends. Like we just would crack up and it was a great relationship. Um, but I think, you know, three was probably the farthest I saw myself going. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can imagine. And and that's one thing I always really respected about you and even seeing like interviews with you or you on paradise with Joe is you were always super, super honest about what you wanted, which I think is so important, especially the older we get being like, no, I want to get married or no, I actually don't. Or I do want to have kids or I don't. And I think people wait way too long and then they get to this like, you know, point where it's it's kind of too late to talk about those things so I think it's really encouraging to see that honesty like in the show and stuff no thank you I mean I I think for me you can never get upset with anybody that's completely honest so I kind of saw that as a way to just I was like look as long as I'm transparent about everything then I feel like I could be true to myself so um and it was fun I don't think it was I don't know. I, I didn't really see any scenario where being dishonest or something that I wasn't would have benefited me in any way. Yeah, no, um, totally. Yeah. Um, so was it hard for you to make the jump into going to paradise after everything kind of settled down or were you just excited for like another opportunity or a chill summer or whatever that looks like behind the scenes? I mean, I, I loved being a part of The Bachelor. So for me, it was a no brainer. Um, you become friends with everybody that's working behind the camera as well. Um, so I was going to go to Mexico. I've never been to Mexico before and hang out with, you know, both people in front of and behind the camera that were my friends. I just kind of saw it as like, why not? Um, so I, I can imagine. So you get into a relationship with Joe and mm -hmm. the world loves you guys separately and together. And I can imagine getting off and, you know, you guys have ended that relationship. How was that for you? Was that a difficult transition into going? Like, did you feel like you had to like live up to this standard or that you were disappointing people? Or did you feel like you guys handled it in like a really good way? I definitely knew I was going to disappoint people. Um, because you know, um, everybody, thought that we were going to get married. And I mean, I did too. I was definitely, you know, in that. And I think when my heart breaks, I knew that other people's hearts would break too, because they'd like followed our entire story um, from start to finish. So um, yeah, I think Joe and I, we made it a point to really be solid with each other before we went public. And I think that was the smartest thing we could have done because um, we're both pretty private people. Um, and it was weird to be, have our relationship be, almost kind of like a job or it just felt like we had to keep up with it publicly. So 
when you went, when I went through a breakup, it was so weird. Cause I was like, well, this also has to have some sort of explanation. And I thought that was so weird. I was like, I don't want to like post something and say, here's why we broke up. And this is like, you know, I just felt that wasn't true to what the relationship was. So, um, so yeah. So when we did break up, I didn't even, I think neither of us wanted to post anything. We just had like, you know, the batch uh, ABC kind of handled that. And it was, it was difficult because I, I knew it was going to be hard, but yeah. we did each other after it to kind of still be friends and still support each other. Yeah, that's great. So one thing that um, you've said in an interview is that you were a commitment foe before. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I, and you were kind of touching on this, um, but what is it that you learned most about being on The Bachelor and having to be a little more open and straightforward straight from the beginning and what you've learned after your relationship with Joe? Because you said that really helped your relationship to just talk through those things from the very beginning, which is something like me and my husband on our very first date, we're like, this is our hope. This is our dream. This is our mission in life. If that's not okay, like this is how many kids we want. We just said like everything that we're thinking and we're like, yep, like I want to do that. And if that's what you want to do, I want to do that with you. But anyone else, I would have been like, no, that doesn't sound good. So how do you think that like changed your relationships in the future it it changed a lot um and it's great that you had that communication with your husband because i think a lot of a lot of people tend to be afraid to say what they want up front because it's like it's a sign of vulnerability and to be that vulnerable means that you can get hurt and the other person can have more leverage over you and that's really scary and especially Mm -hmm. scary for me because I like having an element of control in a relationship. So, um, yeah, I think when going on The Bachelor, I learned that being vulnerable is the only way you can find love. So um, being able to have a chance to be vulnerable and to see that only good came from it was something that the show gave me. Um, because you have producers that are your friends and they're also kind of like therapists in a way, and they see where your blocks are for love And they just ask you questions like, why do you feel like you can't say I love you? Or why do you feel like you can't express that? And when it came down to it, I was like, I don't know why. I'm scared. And so I ran towards that fear. And it allowed Joe and I to expedite our relationships much more. And he was also really afraid of being vulnerable. Um, And I was his first like really serious relationship. So doing that publicly was really intimidating. Um, And... Yeah, I think I got over my commi- commitment phobia. Um, I feel like I was able to, for the first time to actually stop finding excuses to end relationships early and to move past the hump of like difficulty in relationships and to really see like forever with somebody. And I had never done that before. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I see that a lot. Um like in the community of just like women how there are some people who it's like love at first sight like you meet them and then you know you're engaged and it's great you know but then there's a lot of people who maybe the first few months aren't like top notch and then maybe you need to push through that or maybe you need to end it but I think it's a good reminder to be like it's not always going to be like perfect like right at the beginning and there's going to be like you said there's going to be like humps and you're going to have to be vulnerable and all that stuff um but what 
one thing when I watch the show, I, w- I feel like on Paradise, if you guys are really vulnerable, you have more time to spend with each other. But on the actual Bachelor, sometimes I see people get pushed to the point of vulnerability and then they still go home. Do you feel like m- maybe not even just on the show, but in real life, is there like a line of how vulnerable is too vulnerable or is that does that not exist? <laughs> um, I mean, I would say whatever you're comfortable with. I think you can't force people to have feelings for you no matter how vulnerable vulnerable you are you can't say i'm super vulnerable so you owe me a relationship or you owe me more time um so i think a lot of people reach a point where they think i don't see this relationship going anywhere so i feel like i need to change something in myself or push i expedite it myself in order to make the relationship go somewhere and um i don't for for a situation like that i think if your vulnerability isn't matched or reciprocated in an even way um it's hard (laughs) and you go home really sad um and you know it's definitely hard to see that but also i applaud people who have done that because it's difficult to do especially when the entire world is watching you be vulnerable um but i feel like it's a way for other people to relate we've all been there (laughs) we've all been somebody that's um looks like a fool with somebody, you know? I've definitely looked like a fool with people that I've really cared about before um, because they didn't reciprocate it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I just think it, it didn't, it, it's good to practice vulnerability and it's not that bad. Like once you like see, oh, this could be, like, you're on a reality TV show and everyone's seeing you be vulnerable and then you like literally fall flat on your face. It's not that bad, you know what I mean? You, you, you yeah. get up and, <laughs> and so. I, I think guess- you actually just, unlocked something in my brain for the first time and it's a connection I've never made before which is and I first of all I want to say you're not a fool and I that doesn't make you a fool and it and it's actually contradicting what you just said because what you were saying is being vulnerable it doesn't mean the other person has to give it back to you or they that you deserve anything from it I think it's so huge for you to be vulnerable in the first place and so like congratulating yourself on that and saying like hey like take it or leave it that's okay and that doesn't make you a fool Mm -hmm. and so I think that one thing that's this is the click for me in the past I can be very vulnerable and be like okay take it or leave it it's okay whatever you want to do but I'm also saying like it doesn't mean if you're going to be vulnerable I have to be with you either this is just my choice and other people can tend to control that and say no but you you seem like you really liked me I'm like don't take my vulnerability as me liking you or thinking more of you it's just that I am okay with sharing this with you and that's also okay and so I just, you're not a fool. <laughs> I think that in those moments, you it's hard not to feel like that. Um, yeah. I've never regretted being vulnerable with anybody. I feel like if anything, it only allowed me to like see what the relationship was more um, clearly earlier. And in the moment, yes, like you'll feel like a fool. You'll feel that way. But I always find that like the strength of my really close friends and family have always like helped carry me through that. Um, so ultimately, I can look back at it and laugh and, uh, you know, joke about it. But yeah, I, I try not to make it something that's crippling <laughs> and unable yeah. to afford. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything I've learned from talking to people on podcasts or like, you know, um, getting closer with Lisa, it's like I really struggle with vulnerability because for me and I think for a lot of people, vulnerability is a weakness and I don't want to look weak. I want kind of like what you were saying. You kind of you want to be like, I don't know if he's like the leader in the relationship or whatever. And sometimes when you're vulnerable, 
you can, how can you be like the leader and be vulnerable all at the same time? And so you're like weighing out those options in your head. And I think it's really hard if you're hurt. Like I remember one time, you know, in high school forever ago, you're really vulnerable. You get like just destroyed and then you don't want to be vulnerable again. So what advice would you have for somebody that's maybe recently gone through, you know, a serious breakup or in the past they've been hurt and they feel like they can't be vulnerable again? Like, do you have any helpful tips that you use on like even a day-to-day basis? I think this for me, practicing vulnerability and making it more of a regular thing. I think there's a lot of power behind vulnerability too. So initially it's scary and it might feel awkward and you don't want to do it. But the more you do it, the more there's like power behind that vulnerability that you're speaking. So I've learned to take vulnerable things and to present them in a way that, you know, is strength for me. Like this happened in my life. This is very vulnerable, but I'm very confident about where I am because of that. And I think the more you practice vulnerability, the more it doesn't seem as scary. And I don't think people will see it as like something you're afraid of it. They'll see it as like, oh, wow, this person's empowered by that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that would be the advice I would give. I will take that. Yeah, (laughs) that's really good. I know. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that advice. (laughs) Well, okay. And then, and I think you just clicked another thing because, and that's why I don't think you're a fool because I love vulnerability and I think it is so powerful when people can be vulnerable. And so it's almost like you have to make the connection in your head that me saying this thing doesn't mean that person has control over me because they know now, they now know something very real. It's just that they know me better. And so they should be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. And then hopefully it opens it for them for them to also share something, you know. I think True. being vulnerable is asking someone else to join you in like that on that platform of vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. then you can kind of keep elevating your relationship. Um, or else a relationship feels surface level and stagnant. And I don't think that's at least for me, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> so um so yeah, that's something that I've definitely tried to like throw myself at more. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a really big testament to the fact that like no relationship is a waste. I think a lot, I've seen a lot of girls say that, like I was in a relationship for four years. I'm out of it. You know, that that was such a waste of time. And it's like, no, you're going to learn like whatever it was, even if it was being a little bit more vulnerable or learning that, you know, you can get to that emotional spot with somebody and you're going to be able to grow from that, which I think is really cool, which kind of like leads me into the next thing I want to talk to you about is Watching you on the show, you always stood out to me as like the number one nicest person on The Bachelor, in Bachelor Nation. (laughs) And it wasn't just your overall like sweet demeanor, but it was in the sense of like, you never talked bad about anybody. And even in your interviews about Joe, you never said a bad word about him. You could tell it wasn't vindictive. And that is the saddest thing to me when I see these beautiful relationships you see forming on TV turn into like actually a dumpster fire (laughs) because there's just like so much emotion and they're bad talking each other and it's just yeah so for you um like gossiping and talking bad about people is that something that you have never really done or is that something you practice regularly to not do um I've been gossiped about and like I know how it feels to have someone talk bad about you I mean that was like a huge thing when I was it started like in junior I'm sure a lot of females can relate it's starting in junior high up to like high school and you know sometimes even in college where there's always, you know, people like gossiping about you behind your back. And so I always saw that as something that really hurt me, but it just, I don't think it benefits anything. I mean, on the show, it's like, what would me talking bad about someone else? It would just make me 
like feed into like, like why not now this person looks bad. So like now I look better and you should like marry me. I don't know. It just, it didn't really make any sense. I was like it. And also I, my relationship with Ari was way, was not as advanced as a lot of the other women. So I was like, I'm not going to waste my time talking about other people that I have no idea like what your relationship is like with them. I just kind of want to focus on my relationship. Um, and yeah, I have a really, I mean, I just have a really strong group of girlfriends and we've made it our goal to like always celebrate each other's successes and to never let jealousy overshadow and to be completely honest. Um, and so I think maybe surrounded, being surrounded by strong women wanted me to uplift other people because, you know, why not? <laughs> um, I so. think that one thing, it, the, the one of the reasons that people gossip is because comparison is very strong and they think that bringing another person down will make them feel better and lift them higher. So do you, do you like not compare? I, I that's a stupid question because well, I mean, does anyone not or do you like look at it differently? Well, so I'm a twin. So I'm a twin sis. I have a twin sister, Kylie, who. There's two beautiful of you. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, I've lived my entire life with direct comparison side by side. Mm. So I know it's like for someone to stare at you in your face and say, you have a mole here, or you're a little bigger, or you're like this, like your nose is bigger. You're, literally my entire life. And it still happens like to this day, people are like, oh, you're twins. Like, let's put you side by side and like point out all your things. So imagine like, having like when you're younger you're like oh i have like a mole i have like a mole on the side of my face and someone's like you have a mole there and you're like yeah <laughs> is that bad you like, do. I, don't <laughs> yeah. it, I i guess like for me comparison was such some, something that i had been faced with since a very very young age um and i never thought it made me feel good so i guess you know the golden rule treat people the way you want to be treated I, I just didn't think that comparing we're all our i mean of course isn't a sound cliche but we're all our different form of beautiful beauty and someone else's beauty isn't a lack of your own so i was like this girl's beauty is just different than mine and if that's what you're into you know please go for it but it's just not you know there's nothing i can say or do that's going to convince you that i'm the perfect person for you there's just nothing either you're attracted to me or you're not um and yeah i just thought it was just a waste of time I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even just saying that, that's so simple. But like someone else's beauty doesn't mean that it's just different form of beauty. That's so insightful. It's so easy. It's so insightful. I know. It's so easy. Why can't I think <laughs> like that? Why can't I stop comparing myself? <laughs> I know. We can't help but compare ourselves. We have Instagram. And now that I'm more so a part of the Instagram world, you see all these beautiful influencers that like no flaws. And it's all the pictures are just so great and look so professional. And um, of course, like you compare yourself, that's part of like evolution and trying to compete to find a mate and trying to like, you know, be desirable. Um, but yeah, I, I've tried to practice not comparing and just like more so I'll, like comment on someone that I admire and say, you look so beautiful. I, you look great. And so therefore you're taking that energy and turning it into mm. like celebrating someone as opposed to thinking I want to cripple this person. That's, That's good. amazing. Wow. <laughs> we need to do that. <laughs> I, I usually try and like, if I feel like somebody's not bringing me value, I typically will unfollow or I won't like actively search them out e or seek them out, even though I know like I support them still. But that's also probably a really good practice, like what you're doing to kind of like force yourself to 
compliment somebody and say good job because I have found that, you know, diving into this world and seeing some other podcast get this thing and then you see the grossest part of yourself come out and you're like, why do they deserve that, you know? And it's hard to not do that, but celebrating others' successes probably is the better way of doing that now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's hard to do, you know? Yeah. But I think it's just being like aware of it as something, something that's really helped me. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. And I, I always forget you have a twin and you hear this probably every single day of your life, but you guys were the original Kendall and Kylie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like your parents name you after them. I'm like, we're actually a lot older than they are. <laughs> we're actually <laughs> the first. Yeah, yeah. By a significant number of years. So <laughs> that's funny. Can I switch this up? Yeah. Yeah. Taxidermy. What? Oh my God. Yes. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what what have you taxidermied and what got you into that? Um, so I'm definitely more of a collector. Um, I So when I was on the show, the hometown date that I had with Ari was making a taxiderm mouse. And that was the first time I ever did taxidermy. Literally oh, the- okay. So, and it was so funny because everyone thought like that big warehouse was my taxidermy. I'm like, no, that's a, that's a prop house. <laughs> like, I used to be a creative director. So like that was a prop house that I would use for sets. Um, for shows. Um, so like I had a good relationship with them and I was like, guys, why don't we like do it there? So um, I, for me, it's just the art of nature preserved. I mean, I absolutely love natural history. I used to go on hikes all the time as a kid and collect bones and just like dead things that I'd find because I thought they were really beautiful. Um, and they would like decompose. My mom wasn't too happy about it. Like I had like a shoebox of like a, a snake that had like all these maggots come out of it. And at first my parents were really creeped out by it. Um, and then... I went to like this little local natural history museum and I saw taxidermy and I realized, oh, I can actually, I could actually own things that are preserved. And that was like a huge like thing for me. Um, so ever since then, I just have been collecting and I read like about zoology, entomology, like botany. Like I just find it fascinating. That's so cool. What is your favorite taxidermy piece? My favorite taxidermy piece is uh, this little duck ping. I got him a long time ago in college and I actually brought him with me on The Bachelor and he's like traveled to like a couple different countries. So what? That's so cool. My son loves ducks. Yeah. Get him, get him a little one. Yeah, Talks maybe I will. <laughs> you read him that, um, the story ping of the little duck that was like the last one in line to go onto the boat and he just got like, smacked on the booty. It's like this Chinese, this old like Chinese storybook. No, I have to look that up. Well, it's called Ping, and that's that's where his name comes from. That's so cute. Yeah, childhood book my parents used to read me. So, so um, when you were collecting bones and maggot, and you had like maggot infested <laughs> um, uh, snake, did your parents think you were going to grow up to be a serial killer? Well, my mom, my mom and dad thought it was a phase, so they were like, "This will be something that she'll grow out of," and they never, I mean, they never said anything bad about it. I don't, I don't think they thought it was like a permanent part of who I was. Okay. Um, and then more and more, I would just keep getting into it and into it. And initially, you know, they were very creeped out. Uh, my sister was very spiritual and she would say that there's like bad energies around taxidermy. And I was like, <laughs> I just really, I, it inspires me to be around it. Um, so, so yeah, I think they definitely thought it was a phase, but it's definitely not a phase. I'm 29 now and I still collect taxidermy. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I think that's really cool that your parents like embraced it. They're like, okay, it's not a phase. Like let's, let's let her do. Yes. Yeah, so now they, they buy taxidermy. Yeah. They really, 
um, I think they got me a beetle. My brother like found um, these uh, coyote skulls and cleaned them up and preserved them. And for my birthday, he gave me like this really pretty beetle that he found while he was like on a um, uh, in Yosemite. So that's Whoa. so cool. That's sweet. Family. I love that. Your own my connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think another reason why I was drawn to you on the show is your ability to just be wholeheartedly yourself. And you can ask Lisa, I'm just like, I like really weird things. And I'm like, love dinosaurs more than anything. Like I can think of them awesome. and just be like, I want to cry. Like dinosaurs are so cool. Yes. But pe- people think I'm a freak. Like I want to go on a dinosaur dig. Like I love sharks, you know, all of these things. So when you were into taxidermy, I'm like, that is so cool. Like I'm, I love that because you you are being yourself and you're not worried about what anybody thinks about you because that's what you love. So what advice would you have for people listening that feel like they can't like the things that they want to like because they'll get made fun of for it? And I actually feel like that's so many people like stifle the things that they love. Mm-hmm. I think that it's always intimidating to be different when you're younger. You're always thinking when I'm different that I'm more noticed or there's more things people can pick apart and um I feel I don't know I feel like I've always just celebrated things that have made me unique it, they genuinely just make me excited um I I felt like the more I dove into that it just gave me so much more happiness and I've always been like a, a huge reader um and I yeah I don't know I mean I I guess it was celebrated by my family and I felt really supported so I never felt like I had to hide that element of who I was. Um, but the older you get, I think the more, um, it's, it's like the more admirable it is to like see someone just dive into a passion, you know? Like when someone really feels something, you can like see it in them and it, you can see how happy they are and that's infectious. And so what makes you happy ultimately makes other people happy and they may not understand it at first, but um, be someone that's like a teacher, you know, that could allow someone else to grow. Um, one thing that I really try to do is I try to um, destroy stereotypes behind things. And taxidermy is a world where people think it's predominantly male and um, it's weird and killers do it. And I'm like, you know, a little, I'm like a blonde from California and I love taxidermy and I've never killed a thing in my life. Um, You can't group things, you know, you can't group things all together. You have to like see people for how they individually are. And so, you know, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I realized that it was like a few months ago, I met somebody for the first time. And I was just like talking about like dinosaurs, you know, and he was like, you remind me of my six year old niece. And in that moment, which I wasn't offended, I was like, that's great. <laughs> but I was like, I, I connected that it's like, I think most adults like funny things and they there are things that you would revert back but it's very it's like a very childlike thing to like what you want to like and it's the world that like destroys you it's the world that makes you not want to be passionate about those things because it's not like normal you know I think it's also like you need to grow up like that's yeah. what everyone says like you need to grow up like this is a childish thing and I don't know where we got off to the point where we have to say we have to deny ourselves of things that we like and not only that but like not enjoying things is okay anymore and so I think all the more we're learning that like we need to be children a lot more more often and so like for me I love drawing I love like um like filling things in types of drawings like you know the number coloring painting coloring and stuff like that like and I feel like 
it's, it's, it's when my anxiety gets really bad, I, I feel like I need to hold on to like that childish aspect in my life to make me feel comfortable again. And so I like, why do we have to down people on the things that they like? I think stifling any sort of curiosity that someone has causes like a branch, that branch to like die. And the more things you allow to die within yourself, I think, you know, that the quicker you die. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of morbid, but I feel like you have to have things to live for and to strive for and to find curiosity in. And yeah, I always, I love to feel more alive with things and I love to always learn. And I, my beliefs are very malleable and it, I think it's something that people see as scary, but for me, I'm like, I don't know, I could be wrong. You know, maybe I'm more agnostic in that way where it's like, give me proof. Like I, that's why I love science. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, I, I think I think people who learn who are open to learning are the ones that are most alive. Mm-hmm. I think that was the that's like the funniest like dichotomy. <laughs> Makes me feel the most alive. It's taxidermy. Until you okay? Wait, <laughs> I, I think I have the last taxidermy question. Do you have like a dream animal or insect to taxidermy like that you would want to do yourself? I love watching dissection videos. So. Ooh. I love seeing how things work. Um, and Emily Graciel, she works at the Chicago Field Museum, and then I used to always watch her videos, like dissection, and found it so incredibly interesting. Um, but I have short obsessions with animals, so it, it's always different. Um, I was really into um, octopus, and then I got really into um, bugs, and then, you know I mean? It always changes. Um, mm-hmm. The last animal I really wanted was a honey badger like a blonde honey badger cute <laughs> um, Wait, that's like you you're I know, like that a blonde you. honey badger <laughs> so um, joe actually got that for me when, when we were on tour um like a year ago um in texas and so that was like something that i was really excited about um for me it's like i don't see an alive animal and think i want that dead um, it's more so when I go places, like I usually go to like secondhand places or thrift stores and I'll see something that has a story and I'll be like, oh, wow, this makes me feel good and excited, you know? So that's kind of where, and I've always wanted a squirrel. And so my friends got me a squirrel. I think most of the things I want, people get me as gifts. Like this that's little cute. squirrel that I knew that my friends got me. Um, <laughs> cute. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He's a... He's a He's Wait, watching can, over you. I, I really want to see. Can I can, can I see? see I was just gonna ask if you could send us a picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Oh wait, I wanna film this. These are just the ones that I have offhand. But so this is a little Oh my gosh, he's so cute! Like a little canoe canoe squirrel. Okay. Wow, we just got so excited about all the taxidermy I know. stuff. <laughs> They're so intense. <laughs> um, okay, I was going to say one more thing about taxidermy. Okay, so what was I going to say? Oh, so not too long ago, I was looking at this. It was like this mansion in somewhere, probably L.A. or something. And this person had a real uh, raptor, like velociraptor bones, like set up like a full body in their freaking like living room. And I oh, was wow. like, this is it's stunning like this is art yeah yeah. and he bought it for like two million dollars and I just don't really feel like that's that much like I would pay that if I had it (laughs) 
Near pocket change. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what a talking piece? Like you have people over oh, and you would just sit around the dinosaur and like talk about stuff. You know, put like sushi on it. Like, you know, like how they put the sushi on like the people's bodies. Yeah. Like, yeah. That could be like a new trend we start. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bone sushi. <laughs> Ew. Um, anyway. Okay. So uh, anything else about taxidermy? Are you no, all I'm, your questions I'm are answered? Taxidermy. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, we only have a couple more questions, but one of them is, uh, what is your skincare routine? Because oh we've never goodness. asked a guest this, but your skin is like flawless. 10 out of 10. Perfect. Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness. That's so sweet. I mean, let's see. Whenever I have a pimple, I use um, tea tree oil. So I put that on my face. Um, and I'm trying to think of what else I do. Oh yeah, I, I try to put masks on occasionally. So I wear sunscreen every day. That's kind of, I think my mom told me from a young age, wear sunscreen every day. I use retinol like two times a week um, and moisturize every day. I'm like really helping this helps. <laughs> no, I figured it was genetics. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, that retinol doesn't help me. Help. I, well, usually retinol will say helps because it like takes away, like shaves off a layer of your skin. So you're always rejuvenating like new skin. Yeah. Um, so that, I feel like that helps. I drink a lot of water. Mm. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. I, I use retinol too. And I always tell people I'm having like a retinol moment because, you know, part of your face will just like come off and it's so dry and flaky and you're like, well, sorry. You can't, you can't use it every day. Like when yeah. I first started using it, I literally used it every day and I felt like I had a rash or something. Yeah. It's like, no, you're using it so much. Like your skin is shaving off. Um, so, so yeah, I use it, and I'll use um, castor oil sometimes. Yeah, to, like under my eyes, like the dark under my eyes. What does or... that help? Do you find that helps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps like dark spots. So like I during summer, I'll sometimes get like dark spots just from being in the sun. So like retinol and castor oil. And I also use castor oil for my eyebrows mm. to make my hair. Grow. Yeah, I'm literally buying castor oil on Amazon right now. <laughs> I got mine from um, Whole Foods and it's, it's, it's great. It's like so funny. There's always those things that are like, this is the one thing that's good for all the things. Uh-huh. Um, but that's kind of like, you know, what is it called? The, the snake oil salesman? Yeah. Castor oil. <laughs> I got castor oil and I was trying it on my eyebrows and then the bottom of the bottle like opened and it was leaking everywhere. And you know how castor oil is like th- really thick. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. So I threw it away and I never tried it again. So I think I need to try it again. <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've kind of using been using it for the last few months, and I've found it's really good. Um, but I, it's hard to use every single day because I feel like it could cause you to break out. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't use it like all over your face. Yeah, just spots. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. I was so bummed if you were going to be like, I use bar soap on my face <laughs> or oh, no. something. I feel like I see that. Like models will say that on Instagram. Like I just use bar soap and a and a wet washcloth and I'm well, like really and then, and then like 10 injections other than that yeah. <laughs> so it's not just that but I've never I've never used Botox but I'm not opposed to using it at some point yeah like, I feel like there's going to be a point where I'm going to want to mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm Same. I'm getting to that spot where I'm like I haven't used it but like I would use it. <laughs> you no, know. 
skin. You guys don't have, I don't see any wrinkles like at all. Wait, okay, go like this though. Let's get close. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> Count them. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, okay, well that that's good to know. I, I feel like I do all those things and my skin doesn't look like yours, so it's well, just now you genetic. Can borrow, you can borrow my castor oil. Oh, okay, perfect. We'll have a castor oil party and we'll just like bathe in it. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I know, but I, I, it works. I mean, hydration is key. Yes, I agree. Um, okay, so uh, we always like to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So something good that came from something bad or challenging. It can be like recent or just your overall existence. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so I thought about this. And the first thing I always think about is like, I, I always relate it to like relationships. Um, and so I feel like with my last relationship, although it was really painful I think it allowed me to reach a new level of what I thought I was capable of in a relationship like a new level of love that I never really thought I would find um so in that sense um I think my silver lining was um vulnerability ended up being worth it and it ended up being something that allowed me to like see relationships in a completely different way Mm. that I didn't expect yeah no that's awesome well, um, do you have any other questions? No. no? Okay. Oh, well, where, where can people find you and all of your taxidermy uh, videos? <laughs> so exciting because I just changed my Instagram handle to It's Kendall Long. It used to be this weird thing we will not talk about. <laughs> but I just changed to It's Kendall Long. So that's usually where I put all my taxidermy things up on. Uh, TikTok, same thing. Although I'm not doing any more TikTok dances. I've uh, officially embarrassed myself enough. So. <laughs> Okay, I'll have to go deep dive for those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, you don't want to. Please don't. I feel like every, I feel like everybody our age was like, yeah, like let's do the TikTok thing, and then oh. I, I, we're dancing, and then we're like, let's leave that to like the twelve-year-olds who are on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so true. There's like an effortless. Like they just have an effortless way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Like they almost don't even care about the dance move. Like they barely do it. And I was like really memorizing it and taking it way too seriously. Um, a lot of cringe moments, um, but you Perfect. know what? I'm glad that I try to keep up with the kiddos and uh, <laughs> not not my vibe. So anyway, Perfect. yeah, I'll, I'll use that as a promo for your episode. I'll get one of your oh, yeah, TikToks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so funny. Everyone goes and like gives me like a bunch of BS on my TikTok. That'd be, that'd be funny. But, yeah. Well, um, anyway, thank you so much for this. Thanks for showing us all of your creatures and telling us about you. It was so fun to talk to you and so fun to meet you. Oh, it was fun talking with you guys, too. I always like podcasts that can really get in depth, you know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. All right, Shakers, thank you so much for listening. We were so excited to talk to Kendall, and we are just her new best friends, and we love her taxidermy collection, and honestly, we just think she's the coolest person, and we know that you guys do too. Um, To follow along with her, you can find her at It's Kendall Long on Instagram. Um, She's the cutest videos, and she shows all of her taxidermy collection, and she's just the best. Um, Like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you have not um, done it yet, if you could just take a time to subscribe rate and review it honestly means so much to us and it allows us to keep getting amazing guests like Kendall on the show 
And if you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. You can follow us personally at Olivia Crin and at Lisa Brosser Ursu, and they will be linked down below in the show notes to make it easier for you guys. Um, you can also join our Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There, we just hang out with you guys, talk about the guests on the show, um, and yeah, just hang out. So head on over there, and we will submit you guys. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.